0: Welcome to episode 327 of Live Happy Now. Pets bring us an immeasurable amount of joy, but when we lose them, it creates a tremendous amount of grief. So this week, as we honor National Dog Day on August 26th and Grief Awareness Day on August 30th, we're looking at the complicated journey of pet loss. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, and this week I'm joined by Brittany Derenbacher who is here to talk to us about how we can work through the stages of grief as it pertains to pet loss and the important role that gratitude plays in helping us heal. Well, Brittany, welcome to Live Happy Now. Yeah,
1: thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm really excited to have you on the show. And we will say in the interest of full disclosure up front, I became familiar with you a few years ago through your work with a rescue. Let's start out by you telling me about your special needs rescue. And I yeah. should not by heart because I actually adopted a dog from you. But to tell us first about this rescue, because I feel like this really does play into what we're going to talk about later.
1: Right. So our rescue is Luna Bell's Moonbows, and it started in 2016. Uh, my husband and I started it. It is in partnership with a 501c3 rescue in Kentucky called the Boss Interior Rescue of East Tennessee and Kentucky. And so I was fostering for them for a couple of years and ended up with a cleft palate puppy. And, you know, I feel like it taught me a lot about, you know, what love and care that I could give to an animal. And so our relationship with her really kind of solidified that we wanted to start a special needs rescue. And she passed away due to other complications that came along with a cleft palate. So we started uh, Luna Bells in her memory. And it really kind of took off from there, you know, like we have had dogs with hydrocephalus, dogs with congenital heart problems, with dementia, you know, animal cruelty cases. We've taken in a lot of breeder dogs. You ended up with one of them. I did. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's not just um, special needs. It can be behavioral too. It can, you know, be a dog that just simply needs a little, you know, TLC but yeah, I mean, I really feel like it's grown since we started it in 2016 and it's kind of created like a really, you know, beautiful and awesome community of people like you.
0: Well, and well, thank you. And thank you for letting me be part of that. And, and one component of it, the work that you do is so heart wrenching because on the one hand, there's a lot of joy and we celebrate. We see these little pups that you get in or sometimes not just pups and and. We see the dogs that come into you and we see you nurse them back into health and, and we really celebrate that growth. But then there's also those that don't have a success story. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, and I think I've met people independent of your rescue who are familiar with your rescue and would talk about that. And there were stories, you know, you had one guy Spud Lightyear that really changed lives. I mean, people, I think to this day, grieve his loss because we followed that journey.
1: Yeah, I think that's what's unique about not just our rescue, but other rescues that do similar work is that when you introduce a dog to, you know, your followers, they too fall in love and become very invested in that journey and invested in their care and, you know, their storyline. And so, yeah, it's not just devastating to my husband and I, it's devastating to everyone that follows our rescue. And I don't think that I knew that I was capable of doing this kind of work. And I, I do think that everyone to their core is capable of doing this kind of work, but I think it just comes with that acknowledgement that it's not always easy. And a lot of times, you know, when we take these dogs in, it's not always going to be a happy ending. And we very much know that going into it. Like a lot of times we know that we have a hospice case and that our role in this dog's life is to give them you know, an awesome time on this earth Mm
0: -hmm. and do what we
1: can to give them that choice. Because a lot of times, you know, these animals don't get that ability. So
0: through that, what made you start looking at the topic of grief and pet loss? I know that you are a graduate student in Mm -hmm. a counseling program and you can tell us (laughs) what that is. And you're really, I, I love how you're really using those two components, your love of animals and your expertise with counseling and really putting that together.
1: Yeah, I don't think I even did that intentionally. I think that was like, a, it just kind of appeared itself one day in front of me and was like, hey, this is something that I think that you should pursue. I think as an adoptions counselor for the rescue for the Boston Terrier Rescue and the special needs work that you know I'm doing with my husband, I think a huge part of that job is to sit with people in their grief. I talk to applicants and adopters on a regular basis about the loss of their pets. I interview people that want to add another dog to their home, and they talk to me about the animals that they've lost. So it kind of became second nature to me. And it was really hard in the beginning. But then I realized, like, these people are giving me, like, a peek behind closed doors. You know, they're sharing a very intimate experience with me, a very painful experience with me. And it became kind of comfortable for me to do. And then this is my second master's degree, my first master's degree is in women's and gender studies. And I always kind of knew that I wanted to work with like the human experience. I was very interested in working with women and their experiences. And I think the majority of my rescue work tends to be with women as well. A lot of the women that I that I interview and I talk to and families, you know, I, it tends to be like more relationships with women. So I think it all kind of, you know, culminated in this Desire to want to be a mental health counselor, and so now that's what I'm pursuing. I'm at Spalding University in Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm in the clinical mental health counseling program. And I decided to pursue pet loss grief.
0: I feel like grief is talked about more openly these days, but not necessarily as it pertains to pets. I feel like that's still like you know I've gone through it obviously many times with losing pets, and you there's almost a shame that oh I haven't gotten over this so. Why is it that we haven't cleared that hurdle yet?
1: Well, and this is what I kind of try to explain to my clients. It's what I call the, the three G's of pet loss. So you kind of have like these overlapping concepts that you're trying to wade through. So it's guilt. It's the grief. And then it's ultimately trying to transition into gratitude. But the first, you know, part of that, the first layer is what makes it so difficult and what makes it kind of more of like a silenced grief. And that's called disenfranchised grief. And a lot of people don't, you know, usually don't know what that means. But quite simply, it's that kind of suffering in silence. It's that grief that is not acknowledged broadly. It's a grief that is often felt in silence. It's a type of grief that lacks communal support, which is huge when you're trying to process grief. It lacks societal acknowledgement, which is what you were talking about. And it makes it really tough to kind of wade through the stages of grief that, you know, lead to healing because you don't have that support that you would normally be offered in other situations when you suffer a loss. And then also you have that second layer, which is the guilt and that is something also that's like super, super unique to pet loss, because when else in our lives are we kind of weighted with that decision that we have to make for our pets at the end of life? You know, we make that in choice entirely on our own. Sometimes we'll have family members. Sometimes you'll have, you know, your vet that's like helping you. But, you know, most of the time that is a weight that is felt for the individual pet owner. It's not something that is usually supported with a lot of people around you. And that kind of guilt can be crushing, you know, to make for like your best friend. And it's something that I feel like is is rarely talked about. And so that's why I kind of became an advocate for talking about pet loss grief. Again, where else in our life do we have our loved one's hand, like in our, their life in our hands in that way?
0: What happens when we don't talk about it and those feelings aren't validated? You know, how does that affect one, our ability to go on emotionally, and then even our ability to maybe adopt another pet.
1: That's like where you kind of like end up in that stagnation period. It's that sticky stage of bottling everything up and not working through the process of your own feelings. And I think that is something that's really important to understand about grief too, is that if you, if you can't get those emotions out of your body, like, where does that go? What happens to those feelings? It sits in your body and it stews and it manifests into other health problems. It can manifest into headaches, back pain, you know, restlessness, insomnia, bad eating patterns, depression, anxiety, like all of those things, if you're not able to work through those feelings. So that's why a lot of times, like I'm, I'm such an advocate for pet loss, you know, therapy and support groups is because that really creates that avenue that like that place where you can sit with other people that have that shared experience with you that can validate what you're going through, that can help you process those emotions that, you know, you're not really granted in everyday life.
0: And is it possible that someone can be dealing with the loss of a pet from months, even years ago? And if they haven't dealt with it, yeah. They're still having emotional fallout that they're not even equating with that pet loss.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, denial, avoidance. I think that's, you know, inherently part of the human experience. And that's... We're good at it. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My job and my field wouldn't be doing so well if it weren't for all of you know, the folks that are in, yeah. in denial of their feelings. I think that it is so easy to try to kind of suppress those feelings and say that we're fine and go, you know, go about your everyday life, ignoring it until it just pops up unexpected. And you can even be in therapy and you can be working through all of your grief and it still pop up unexpected. I mean, that's why grief is so messy.
0: Yeah. It doesn't come on a schedule or, no, or if it is, it's not a schedule that it's sharing with us. Right. Um, right. and in, sometimes people feel like a little bit of shame. And I admit, I went through this where you're kind of embarrassed, like, okay, this wasn't a person like, yes, it was my best friend. And, and this, I love this companion, but we kind of get those messages. Well, it's not like you lost your parent or it's not like you lost a spouse. And so how is losing a pet different? Because there is, I acknowledge that, that those are two very different things, but Mm -hmm that pain is different and it's very very real with a pet.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. You spend time with your pet more than you do anyone else in your life. Their love for you is non-judgmental. It's it's unconditional and it's never ending and that leaves a massive hole in our hearts and it's perfectly normal to grieve that. Like when we lose a pet, it's not just a family member that we're losing. We're losing our best friend you know, our confident, are the keeper of our secrets, <laughs> you know, they know everything that goes on behind closed doors, you know, that figure that greets you every morning and says good night to you every night, you know, your routine, possibly your only connection to the outdoors, possibly your only connection to your sense of mindfulness in life, you know, to so those things that are really grounding you in a healthy life. And so to lose that is like losing your lifeline in
0: my opinion. Oh, it absolutely is. And where do people start finding support for that now? Because you've created something that we're going to talk about in a minute, but not everyone has access to that. So when someone does lose a pet, what can they do to start finding some sort of support?
1: Yeah. The biggest thing that I tell people to do is to look for support groups in their area because oftentimes you can find free support groups. You know, sometimes financial reasons hinder people from being able to do one on one therapy. But quite honestly, for pet loss grief, like I recommend doing a a group setting more than I would one on one just because you are able to create that, you know, that sense of community and understanding and that validation that we, we so badly need after the loss of a pet. But if you're not able to find a group, I think like personally, what I work with my clients on, and I think it's the hardest part of those three G's that I was talking about, but that it's gratitude, you know, celebration of life over loss, you know, gratitude over, helpless, over hopelessness, memorializing over avoiding, trying to work on memorializing your pet in your home through creating spaces where you can remember them, whether that be like physically in your home or, you know, through writing um, or doing, you know, particular exercises. You know, for me, I have memories of my pets all over my home. I want to remember them every room that I'm in. I want to, I want to be cognizant always of what they brought to my life and all of the memories that we've shared and how beautiful our life was together. So it's important for me to not only, not only like remember them through writing and like through my work, but to like have those physical reminders around me always that kind of keep me grounded.
0: What about the people who say that's just too hard? Like they don't want, they, I have seen people who they will put everything away. Like I can't think about them anymore. I can't see them because it's just too hard.
1: Yeah. That's why I said gratitude is the hardest step. I give a little bit of pushback to that because I think that To heal, the best way that we can do that is by honoring our relationships with our pets and to be thankful to them for everything that they gave us. So I do give like a little bit of pushback to that and that like I, you know, I really try to encourage my clients to try to get to the point where they can have those reminders around them. But if those things are too hard, something that's really simple that I did is I, I planted something in my garden for sunshine. And that kind of grew into an entire garden for her. I have worked with clients to, you know, pick out a plant or a flower or something in their home that reminded them of their pet. So it's not like a photo, but it's something that they're putting care into that kind of is like, you know, a reminder for them, even just like little mementos or like crystals or anything that kind of reminds you of your pet. You know, for me, my sole dog, her name was Sunshine. So any kind of like little sunny reminder makes me feel a connection with her. And then quite honestly, journaling is one of the biggest and best things that you can do to process your feelings. I think even just starting out with like a simple exercise of like, what's your favorite memory with your pet? Or, you know, what did your pet feel like? What color were your pet's eyes? Like Things like that to kind of memorialize and kind of work through in your journal and get like the... You know, the creativity kind of started and then to get into those harder exercises of write a thank you letter to your pet. That's ultimately in group. The goal, the end goal is to have everyone in group get to that point where they feel comfortable enough in their healing journey to write that letter to their pets, to like sit in the gratitude and thank their pets for everything they brought to their lives.
0: And how do you see that changing people when you can get to that point where you can pour all that out on a page? that's Boy, that is really opening everything up. Yeah. And what does it do for the person who who's able to write that all down?
1: It brings them to a place of realizing the journey that they were on with their pet and all of the beautiful things and the growth that their pet provided for them. You know, I can... I'm 35 years old. This is my third degree. I'm a homeowner. I'm married. I've had plenty of life lessons and a lot more to go, but I can honestly say that like the biggest life lessons that I've learned, I've learned through my pets. Mm -hmm. Um, they have taught me so much about life and what I'm capable of giving and receiving. And I think there's like a beautiful lesson in that in connecting with what our pets are able to give us and what they teach us about ourselves and also the love that we can give.
0: And that also kind of makes them immortal because when, you know, (laughs) the lessons that they have to teach us and all the things that they bring to us.
1: And I think like that also kind of teaches us to normalize grief, to Mm -hmm. normalize that this is a very normal process that we go through as humans on this earth. You know, I was reading this book the other day and this passage stood out to me and it said, we, we inevitably pay for our love and grief. And at the time it like gutted me, um, reading that. And I really was like kind of sitting with that passage, thinking about it, but like, how true is that? Mm -hmm. You know, because inevitably all of our relationships come to an end and to experience that like deep love and connectedness that we do with our pets, it ultimately ends in grief You know, it's inherent in our lives as hard as it is. But if we try to like shift that mindset, especially, you know, with the clients that I work with from grief to celebrating that relationship and that, that journey that we had together, you know, to honor that bond, honor that relationship, because that says so much about us as individuals and our capacity to love, like there is so much to be celebrated there
0: parents right now who this is a great opportunity to teach children when they have a pet to teach them about grief and loss and the immortality of love. Yeah. So how can parents kind of walk children through a grieving process with a pet?
1: I think the biggest thing that you can do for children is just validate their feelings, you know, and explain to them that even though, you know, your are our pet or our dog or little Scruffy is no longer here, like he will always be with us because we have so many memories and we built such a beautiful life and he was such a big part of your childhood and he'll be with us forever because of that.
0: That's great. And you know one thing that you did was created an online grief support group mm-hmm. that went through was it 6 weeks? Yeah. And that got a tremendous response and again full disclosure I sat in on that because I was very <laughs> interested to see I I was very interested in that. And that really was transformative for people. So can you talk kind of like some of the things that you saw out of that process of being able to meet every week and and talk about grief?
1: Yeah, I think it's so important to look for those additional support systems. You know, I think just allowing people to openly share without fear of judgment kind of goes back to the disenfranchised grief and the guilt and the weird kind of emotions that are tied in with pet loss grief. But That fear of judgment is huge for people that are, you know, in the groups. That's like a huge thing that everyone talks about. And also just without fear of how society is judging them for mourning their pets, because everyone mourns differently and everyone mourns in different speeds. And just like that community that encourages and supports the choices that we've had to make for our pets. Those people in group are going to understand the choice that you had to make for your pet. And they're going to understand the guilt that's associated with that. And your coworkers might not, your family members might not, and your friends might not. So, to create kind of this beautiful community of complete strangers that are all together because we just totally get what each other's going through, there's a lot of power in that.
0: Yeah, there really is. I know that we have a four part email course that we're going to offer that you've Great. put together that walks us through some exercises and that'll be available now and ongoing. So people can always, if they're listening and it's not the right time, they want to come back and sign up for that. They'll be able to do that on your landing page. But Brittany, you have so much insight to offer us on this topic and I'm I'm really glad you're taking it on. And as we let you go, what is the one thing that you really want every person, every pet owner to understand about grief?
1: Yeah. I think the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway about grief for me personally is that it's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, I think our grief is only our love and that's nothing to hide. Um, Grief is just that timeline. That's kind of connecting us to what we've lost. And even though it's wild and it's unpredictable and I compare it to ocean waves because, you know, it ebbs and flows and can come when we least expect it. But I think the more time that you spend kind of working through your grief and acknowledging what's going on in your body and how you're feeling and just making space for that, being compassionate to yourself, you know, being gentle with yourself. I think that's huge. I think, I think it's so easy for us to just kind of avoid what we're feeling and to you know, not acknowledge that it's tough and it's hard and kind of, again, like have that self-compassion for ourselves be like, man, this really sucks. Today is a really hard day and I could really use a hug. So even just like something as simple as that, and just realizing that it is perfectly normal to grieve. And again, that that it's nothing to be ashamed of.
0: Excellent. Well, Brittany, thank you for coming on, giving me your time talking about this and for the, all the work that you're doing with both with the people and with the pups.
1: Yeah, you too. Thank you so much.
0: That was Brittany Darrenbacher talking about grief and pet loss. If you'd like to learn more about the work that Brittany is doing or sign up for her free four-part email course to help work through pet loss, just visit us at livehappynow.com and follow the links. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all-new episode. And until then... This is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.